Ready? Three, two, one. Episode 9 of Artist Impressions. Today I'm joined by singer and songwriter Joe Hill. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Oh, hey, I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing, yeah, just sat in my home in Cheddar. Having, Lovely. Yeah, nice calm afternoon. <laughs> good, good. Love a, a West Country yeah. afternoon. So, you've recently been sharing on your Instagram some songs in a day. And as someone who's not especially musical, I want to know how do you go about <laughs> writing a song in a day? <laughs> Where do you start? What's the process? What's the process? So basically, back it. So like back in lockdown, I was just thinking of ways to put music on Instagram, but in like a mm-hmm. a lot of people because of instant gratification, like no one's going to watch your full video nowadays. And I was like, what can I do that will make people go, oh, I'm going to watch this whole thing? And I thought it'd be quite cool to like interact with your audience and be like, who wants a song for them? And so basically, I started posting stories. And being like, I'm going to write a song today for one of you. And people would write in it. It's ended up being a lot of people from Cheddar, which is really nice because um, a lot of kind of hometown people and a lot of um, single mums that have that, that have written in, which has been kind of really sweet. And um, so people just write in about, you know, written about all sorts of subjects and they and then we'll like speak throughout the day. Um, and it's I find it so much easier to write when I have restriction or to be creative when you have to work around restrictions because yeah. then it's like so much more focused and easy and, and actually you can bang out that song in a few hours as opposed to some days mm. it takes me like so long to write a terrible song because <laughs> you've got too much option um, and and so normally they write it if, like people write in and then I'll choose someone on that day who I'd like to write a song about um, and then basically some of them will have a phone call and that this one girl I spoke to mm. for an hour and she literally kind of told me her yeah. life story and I just like wrote a thousand words on a word document like okay and, and she was this this girl from Cheddar who had a kid at 16 and um now she has two and lives in a farm with the guy that she had children with and um they're about to get married and she was like I just want a song kind of celebrating me for like being able to do this because I did my GCSEs and I had a baby at home and I was like, fair, incredible. Um, And (laughs) so to be honest, I'll just get their story first before anything. Yeah. And then I'll probably, I always go to the piano first. Uh, Or or what I like to do at the moment is I'll get their story and I'll go for a jog. And on my jog, I'll come up with little like riffs or little lines or little, oh, okay, I think that could work. That could work. And then voice note on my phone. I'm always, I've moved to London now and I'm always cycling and having to stop on the side of like a motorway or a busy road so I'm like oh my god I've got this amazing hook <laughs> and just recording myself and so I'll do that but on a jog and I look like a mad lady but that's quite often how I come up with my songs um and then I'll probably go back and then I'll put chords to it um and it it's normally it's like a phrase that they've said that I'm like oh wow I really want to expand that or it would just be some chords they come up with on the piano um and then you've got to write there's like the meat and potatoes of the song which are the lyrics and the chords and Mm. the melody and then I've started now um which is a new thing I produce them in a day also so Mm. then I'll put it all on the computer and go onto Mm. logic which is something I've taught myself to do over lockdown and then 
like what sounds do I want to add and do I want it to be on violin or piano or guitar or da, 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 and what drums and um, yeah. and that normally comes second to be honest um, and and then it kind of sometimes I'll write the song in 20 minutes and be like wow that was so quick or sometimes yeah. I'll write the song and then I've been living with my boyfriend Benji and I'll play it and he's like oh my god change it or like <laughs> I'll have to redo the whole thing um, yeah. and really put it in a different direction and it's so much better um, but it's that's kind of the process really is yeah first introduction yeah um and it's quite stressful <laughs> trying to get it done in a day <laughs> yeah I can imagine and and like how different is it writing a song for someone else as opposed to writing for yourself I imagine that's quite a different sort of headspace to be in yes yeah so so that's kind of what I do with my career anyways I'm a singer mm. and a songwriter so I'm a songwriter is essentially you write songs for pitch so you mm. write a song for that me and that one of these other songwriters I write with we have a big spreadsheet and it kind of right. says every artist that's looking for it will say Dua Lipa and it will say what kind of song they're looking for and what like um what they want in this song yeah and so it, that's songwriting so that that is a place that I have to get my head in uh before I start writing and it's yeah. it's hard it's hard songwriting because you're trying to get unique, authentic emotion mm. to something that isn't necessarily about you. Yeah. Um, and it's something that you just need to practice because mm. it's so, I find it personally so much easier if I'm feeling something to just write it about myself and really internalize that feeling and go, oh my God, I need to write a song about this. Yeah. Um, then I guess you just have to find connection and go, yeah. okay, this person wants a love song or this person wants a song about this and I've experienced that. Yeah. And how did that make you feel? And trying to channel that so that you get real because for me music's all about emotion like that mm-hmm. I write so much based on feeling yeah um and so it is it's just something you need to get your your head in and go okay yeah. so now I'm writing from the perspective of um a, a mum or a mm. da, 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 and, and yeah you know it's about getting it's kind of I guess it's kind of anthropological like trying yeah, to get yeah. your head in a way maybe I don't know yeah um, and do, do you feel like you're drawn to sort of specific themes in your songwriting I've seen, seen your big like sequiny lyric book <laughs> what are you scribbling down what are I writing um lots of themes I guess a lot of songs are about heartbreak so many mm-hmm. songs are about love I mean that's just one of the biggest things but yeah I oh gosh write about a I mean, yeah, and on a broad blanket scale, it's like a lot of songs are about love, but then a lot of songs are about loss or the feeling mm-hmm. of wanting to escape and mm. and that as well. So I'm, I wouldn't say that I have specific themes that I yeah. like to write about. It's more just, you know, the task in hand or how yeah. you're feeling. I know you're soon to release an EP called I Just Want to Dance. Can you talk about what can we expect from it? When is it coming out? When can we find it? And what was the experience of writing that in lockdown like? So it's been it's been a long process. <laughs> As I'm sure you're aware, you know, lockdown yeah. is it's just hard to like get anything done. Mm person you know and yeah. it makes doing an EP with another person that you have to see um quite quite challenging um mm. and so me and this artist called Lavender we met mm. back in September mm-hmm. and his real name's Cam I'm gonna call him Cam because it feels mm-hmm. weird saying Lavender. <laughs> um, we we met when I moved to London and we started writing together mm-hmm. and he's incredible he's a producer and a multi-instrumentalist um mm. and he's North Nottingham he's a really sweet guy and we just ended up writing we started off writing these quite jazzy slow songs mm. and one day um I think it was on a Friday night and we ended up in this quite dancey song before lockdown hit and that was the moment when we were like whoa 
we've never produced a sound like this before but we love yeah. it um and then we kind of kept writing songs in that mm-hmm. form and then he was one day like joe please can we release an ep during lockdown about yeah. be able to dance again because this theme that we keep kind of doing and and so we basically for the past five weeks since i've gone back to london have just been in a studio every day mm-hmm. and just like um trying to push it put it all together and mm-hmm get the right vocal takes and um we had four we had three songs ready and then we had to do a final song that was going to mm-hmm. kind of tie it all together and that was the, the song called I Just Want to Dance and um and it's been it, it's it's uh, doing an EP like I'm, I'm sure you know with most artists or writers and people like that you have in life you have publishers and managers um, yeah and we have either of those and so mm. doing this whole thing is completely our baby and it's like self-published and and there's so much more that goes into it no one really warns you um yeah so so that's so that's what we've been doing we've been really lucky we've got two other people on our team someone mm-hmm. who's doing the artwork and someone who's mm. kind of helping um songwrite and manage and so just between the four of us we've been balancing it all but there's yeah. um it's hard work <laughs> it's yeah. a lot of you know it's just a lot of being a singer as well as you know doing it's kind of 40 percent music and 60 percent admin um yeah. and that's you know hopefully one day you'll ha- you'll do well enough to have someone to do your admin but, <laughs> yeah. yeah um but you know for the time being you just have to suck it up and yeah that's part of the fun really isn't it um yeah so is there a release date when can we expect to hear this ep um so it's coming the first single is coming out on the 11th of march so mm-hmm. it's like three weeks brilliant and then, and then the whole ep is coming out on the 9th of april amazing i can't wait it'll be, yeah. it'll be soon and it's fun and i hope it makes people dance around because like movement's really important yeah. at the moment oh yeah. i can't wait to dance i've really missed that when's the last time you went oh clubbing? god like probably like january last year or something we'll get that we'll we get will that. We, will. we can dance to your music and it'll be great um I know that you've been making some music videos recently. Are these to go with the EP? Um, and I'm I'm just curious about sort of the process of making a music video. Who brings the ideas? Is it something that's sort of in your head from recording? Yeah, t- tell me about making music videos. Yes, yeah, so we filmed what? So for an EP, normally two of them off an EP are the singles. And for the singles nowadays I mean it's not the rule but you normally film a music video for them because apparently people consume things with their eyes which I totally understand um and and so we thought we would shoot two music videos we've shot one of them um for the first single come over and obviously we shot it two weeks ago and it's in the middle of lockdown so we literally kept it to me and Cam uh just the four of us um and we all took tests beforehand and we've kind of formed like a little work bubble. Um, and we literally just had a um, camera woman, my friend Ellie, who's incredible. She's like a, a theatre, it's like a set designer and costume designer. Um, and we've always worked together um, like since way back in the day when I used to do theatre, we used to do lots of that together. And she's an incredible, she's an also an artist. She did fine art at uni and she's very good with visuals and ideas. And um, we kind of told her the song premise um, and the song's called Come Over and it's all about being needy and locked down. It's, um, the, it, it's just about kind of that when you're sat there and you're kind of, you have too much time that you find yourself on your phone and you send a message maybe to your boyfriend or whatever and you see that they've given you the blue tick and they've read it but they're not replying and you're like, oh, why am I winding myself up about something as stupid as this? Um, and it's it's kind of essentially about that. And so... And and just about the not being able to be with someone um, like physically and just seeing them through screens and and that kind of stuff is is what 
we wanted the music video to be about and so we just filmed it in my friend's flat and it just took one day and basically we just played around with lots of different ideas involving screens that make it look like um, someone else is there so we played around with projectors and mobile phones and using a phone holding it like that so and the other person's mouth singing on it and and me being asleep in front of a, a, a laptop vision like projection of cam behind me like not actually being together but lots of kind of screen visionaries of, of the projections of the other person being there if you get what I mean um, and and then we just basically we just thought let's make it really ambiance and 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 like look really pretty and we've got loads of pink lights because our kind of coloring is pinky purpley because his name's lavender and that's kind of the color of the of the ep um and so we just kind of made it look really beautiful with lots of lights and and projections and um and then came up with like eight eight stills that we eight shots and we made like a pinterest board and we'd go okay we want these eight shots the the music video is going to revolve around them and i think we only replicated five of them but we got way but from those five then you kind of go oh well why don't we try this or this or this and and then you come up with just kind of loads of shots and it's it's really good fun actually like it's great and we haven't got a massive budget and it's not going to be you know Beyonce lemonade but it's um it's I think it would be very pretty to watch that sounds so cool I can't wait to see it I, I was I was speaking to um a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago who's who makes films and he was saying that a lot of the music videos he's been working on at the moment are so much more innovative than normal because of the lockdown restrictions and it sounds like you've because you were restricted you've actually you know you've like come up with all these fascinating ideas that you might not have come up with oh that's interesting yeah maybe maybe you'd think (laughs) um and also just not having a budget (laughs) (laughs) that's the other one yeah (laughs) Um, but no, I know what you mean. It's, it is interesting working with restriction and working with new ways like this, you know, what you can come up with. Um, and also the second music video is all about the songs called Get Up. And um, it's all about bringing a disco to weird places. And we just bought this massive disco ball and we're going to go around London and hang it up in like Portaloos and like outside Tesco. And just because, uh, you know, the EP being called I Just Want to Dance and, and kind of like make a little nightclub in your house. Kind of we wouldn't have done yeah. that if this <laughs> coronavirus hadn't bloody happened. But, you know, it's <laughs> it's just sparking off, in a, you know, if you're trying to look at it positively, it, it's I guess it's food for art, but annoying yeah. food. <laughs> annoying food. Um, I always get my guests to name their podcast episode. So I'll just drop that seed and I'll come back to you. So have a think about what you want the episode to be called. Ooh, what do we want it to be called? Okay. So have a think about that. Let's move away from your songwriting for a moment and talk a bit about how sort of music appears elsewhere in your life. Can you talk a bit about your work with refugees and how music comes into that? Yeah. Um. So I've always, so I did Arabic at university, Arabic and anthropology at Edinburgh, and I initially wanted to go into go to uni to study Arabic because I've always wanted to combine theatre and music and working with refugees um, because I did quite a lot of work out in Calais in a theatre out there called the Good Chance Theatre and was suddenly like oh my gosh you know music and art is so much more than just standing on a stage it's like helping people and it can kind of be like therapy and and it really I just saw the power of kind of everyone from these different countries being stood at an open mic night and and like they've had these traumatic horrible experiences but they're reduced to nerves because they know they've got to go up and sing a song next and like it's it kind of 
grounds you and like and then at the same time brings unity and just saw that in like such a beautiful way that I was like oh my gosh I need to go and study Arabic so I can kind of combine it all and then just throughout my degree I've kind of um always ran choirs with um like the Syrian refugee charities in Edinburgh and and just singing it just it's so I don't know I just feel like it's a whenever you'd run these sessions it's just amazing to see people embarrassed and silly and and like kind of celebrating that um and then and then I'm in this theatre company and we go out um we've been out every summer when I was at uni we go to refugee camps in Lebanon and Jordan and um and it's a mixture of musicians and actors and you kind of go and work with lots of kids and and do uh, non-verbal performances so kind of anyone in the world be able to understand them and then afterwards teach them games and songs and stuff that they can then play and pass on to each other um and to kind of spark creativity and also to you know have something to do and I just yeah that that's my kind of that's why I think it's so important music and and art and all of that stuff because it's it's a release um and it's such an important release like how how amazing it can make you feel just going to your weekly choir down the road or it just takes you out of whatever shit you're going through you know you're like okay right now all that matters is that I don't sing this note wrong um and I think that's really important and I know that's you know can be said with sport and all of that you know that stuff as well um but I've just I just yeah I I really I think that's very important to take from music and art, mm. art yeah so. your dissertation you were you studying Jordanian music is that is that right yeah yeah so I I did my dissertation out in Jordan um uh, which is where I spent my year abroad and um was at the Ministry of Culture and it was a really weird funny kind of crumbling building um I hate to say it but it just had really like bad standard of of music lessons and teaching and I just really wanted to kind of investigate why in it's kind of western music that it would try and play and orchestral music was it just never really worked but then when they did their incredible Arab harmonies and songs and all of that together it was so incredible and it just seemed like they were focusing so much on sounding like a western orchestra that it just wasn't working and I was just really interested as to why they were choosing this music and um, and I ended up doing my research during Ramadan, so it turned into this kind of like the building was shut. But then every evening I'd go round to the to the different people from the Ministry of Culture, go round to the house and have iftar with them and play music and see how the music is different in like an informal setting where people are relaxed and really enjoying it as opposed to a performative setting that's run by the state. And and that was what my research kind of was. Um, and God, I can't even remember what it was called, the dissertation anyway. I think I've like blacked it all out. <laughs> so bloody stressful. <laughs> um, but I think it was kind of concluding that it was kind of false culture being forced on the Ministry of Culture and going, look at Jordanian nationalism and we're really westernised and instead of nurturing what is, comes quite naturally and what is I saw during Ramadan and like the amazing performances there. Do, do you find that your music is ever influenced by the music you heard when you were in Jordan um so funnily enough I did when I was out in Jordan I did work with this amazing producer who's called Nasser um and he's released music now and stuff and he's great um and the only song that we did was like that was kind of Arabic influenced was terrible um and we did it together and I remember playing it to my friend and she was like Joe that's so shit <laughs> don't try and do that again and I remember being like oh I thought it was really cool um but no I I think there's definitely influences um 
but I, I, I'm not exactly going to go and rap in Arabic. I think I'd just be embar- embarrassing myself, to be honest. Um, but it definitely, you know, I learned the oud whilst I was out there. Um, not to an amazing standard, but I went to lessons and like and played in an Arabic orchestra. And, and it just, it's just like a different tonality. They've got uh, like more notes than us, if that makes sense. And um, and so that that different tonality and, and like suddenly listening to all of these like amazing Palestinian and Jordanian bands that were kind of fusing Arabic music with Western music was so cool. I remember being like, oh my God, I'm going to like include the synth in my music now it just it's a different way of mm. tonality um but i'm i don't think i'd be very good at it <laughs> um if i started to it's it's really hard i think because it's a different completely different um way of mm. understanding music of course, that yeah. you have to train yourself mm. um to do i think but it's beautiful <laughs> it's definitely very beautiful yeah let's go back a bit in time can you talk about your your musical background were you a musical child how have you always been writing and performing yeah. <laughs> um so i yeah i've from to be honest from my dad is a musician so he mm. he got a music degree and he was always from the age of like four or five like you're gonna learn the piano and I remember just finding it the most annoying thing um uh, so I started with the piano when I was about four or five and I was terrible and I couldn't sight read and I just found it really annoying and piano practice was such a chore and then I started the violin when I was like 11 and I remember my dad would just go <laughs> like that like do like just you like get like this and I'm really like shut up like I'm not doing that and just finding it so annoying and then I think it was it's when I started singing and I, I remember I was like nine and I entered my first competition at the village hall and I sang Where is Love <laughs> um, from Oliver Twist <laughs> and I won it and I remember being like, oh my God, what? Um, yeah. This is crazy. And I didn't think, obviously it's like a competition in cheddar. It's not, you know, <laughs> the Brits or anything, but it's still exciting at that age. And um, and I remember just being like, wow, okay. That I, that, and people going, oh, you're really good at this. Like, this is something you mm. should... Um, pursue and I think it was suddenly learning how to sing that forced me to want to be able to play the piano better so I could accompany the singing um and then just from from then on I started to really enjoy the violin and really enjoy um being like an actor musician so I was in the National Youth Theatre and I was never good enough acting to be like an actor for them but I'd do the actor musician stuff for them which was really fun um and and I love being able to play the violin and um, just feel it, having that, you know, just being like, oh, yeah, yeah, go on, I'll do that as well. Um, yeah. And and then just always, basically, just always throughout my life was in bands and, and kind of semi-writing music and always singing and in the jazz orchestras and stuff. But it wasn't until I went, I, I took a year out after school and was like, whoa, OK, am I going to be an actor or a singer or whatever? And and I definitely thought acting was what I was going to go to. I thought I was going to go to drama school and da, 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 And that didn't happen. And then weirdly, life's kind of panned out so that music's become this thing that I've realised, OK, that's, um, I got, I, I think it was going to Jordan and working with all these producers and um and um, getting really, I got Lyme's disease. I got quite ill whilst I was living in Jordan and wasn't really able to do much. And really kind of, that's when I really got into the songwriting and used that as a way of kind of having something to do. Um, and then 
and then yeah working with these producers and had my first songwriting cut that summer and was like okay um let's yeah. let's do this and and then just kind of waited all the fourth year to finish uni so I could properly do it um but it's been like a long weird journey it wasn't like I was eight and was like I'm gonna be a songwriter I just always knew I was gonna be a performer but I didn't know what shape or form it would be if you know yeah that makes sense and so career-wise do you feel yourself sort of being led towards being a singer-songwriter less of the acting you're saying 100% I I just think yeah I you know if I got offered a role which I never would but like you know imagine some casting director you're gonna be the new Cinderella I would not say (laughs) no um but um (laughs) I don't think that's gonna happen um I don't yeah I, I do really think that's it's it's what I'm pursuing um yeah and I think what subconsciously I have been pursuing my whole life but mm. I've just you know I've had school and had I, my parents wouldn't let me go to Brit school I remember like crying to them and being like please let me go to Brit school when I was like 14 and they were like no you're not becoming <laughs> you're not doing that and I think my parents were just like you need to get an education because the likelihood is you know you need a backup plan and so I think that's always been at the forefront but now it's full-time music 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 which is really nice to be able to do you know really lucky yeah and and I suppose even though through lockdown you haven't been able to perform much I suppose it's actually given you a good chunk of time where you can write and focus on writing which is probably a good thing to spur you on yeah Oh, a hundred percent. Do you know what? The other day I was having a conversation with someone and they were like, Joe, you're actually really lucky that all of this has happened now because the because ultimately you would be taking this year to literally just sit and write and catch up with all of the work that you supposedly need to catch up with. Um, and, and also the world's kind of stopped with you in the process. And so there aren't gigs, you know, there aren't gigs happening and there aren't loads of things. So I don't feel... Because obviously as a female, there's also that age thing. And as obviously as an artist, like, especially when it comes to the industry, people are so annoying about age. And it's all about these new 18, 17-year-old singers. And, and you know, you leave leaving uni, that's definitely a massive insecurity. I don't know if you have it in kind of like the art world or whatever, but just kind of being... Do you know, you just feel a bit like there's a bit of a clock and you're like, okay, crap. And I'm always Googling how how old everyone is. Like, oh my God, they're only 20. (laughs) Do do, do you do that? (laughs) No, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. There's there's part part of me is like, oh gosh, I'm so young. And then the other part of me is like, I'm so old. I've not done anything yet. And yeah, I think particularly that like leaving uni stage, you feel like you're too young for the real world, but like too old for... Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's weird. But then, you know, in hindsight, you're like, would have, I don't think you'd say you wouldn't have gone to Edinburgh and gone straight into doing. Yeah, exactly. You know, what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the choice you've got to make. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's move on to some questions that I ask all my guests. The first one is, can you talk about an artist who's made an impression on you and your work? Oh, okay. I, d- I didn't know that. I didn't hear the your work bit at the end when I answered this oh, question. So I don't, think that, I don't know if they've uh, influenced my work. Well, maybe oh, they have matter. subconsciously. Because I know we've been talking about a lot about music, but I'm going to talk about mm. an actual artist artist. Because mm-hmm. I, I always claim, and I know this is really controversial, but I'm always like, I don't really get art. Like, I don't really understand it. It doesn't really speak to me. 
And my friends get really pissed off because lots of my friends are, <laughs> did history of art and, and, and mm. they're incredible artists. And I've just realised that I've been a massive hypocrite the whole time because I'm consuming art all the time, you know, album covers and music mm. video. This is art. And I've not realised, yeah. like, art isn't just a Van Gogh painting hanging on the wall, which is what I yeah. always kind of thought it was. <laughs> um, and and so actually, I think I love art. I think I, yeah, I, I, I deep down, you know, I, I do love it. Maybe not the more classical sense. Um, yeah but the one artist that really kind of I kind of hate him and I love him at the same time yeah I think he's terrible um but then I'm his genius is Martin Creed have you heard of Martin Mm -hmm. Creed he's Scottish he's from Glasgow and he is like a very contemporary artist Mm -hmm. and he does all of those signs the really famous signs that are hung up saying everything's going to be all right have you seen those and they're like they're hung around the world and different places and uh, so I I directed this kind of kid's show thing back in 2016 mm. at, at the house and worth in Bruton you know these galleries yeah oh I um, love it there yeah yeah in down in Bruton I've got, um... <laughs> there we go this is my nice bag that I got at house and worth <laughs> oh well, I got a bag as well yeah they do for good bags don't they and really good food as well they've got yes. like a really nice yes Mum and yeah. I went for lunch there in the summer when they were doing that, like, it was like £10 off or something. We had a great time. Oh, the eat the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had such a fun lunch. <laughs> oh, I bet you did. Yeah, oh, my gosh. I bet you- anyway, so you, you directed a play there. Yeah, sorry. So I did I did this play there and basically there was a an art exhibition at the time of Martin Creed and we had to do a play based on oh, this exhibition. Um, and I remember just being like, oh, God, like, this is such yeah. crap. And just he, like, emptied a bin, a rubbish bin on the floor and was like, this is art. <laughs> and I remember being so angry that he was the one that was chosen. And then I started, like, slowly just look, just went around this exhibition. And um, and it wasn't just art. He had lots of songs. He's like a performance artist and a songwriter as well. And it was it was a kids camp thing. And and all the kids were obsessed with the artwork and they were so excited by it and they thought it was really cool and then I started thinking it was really cool and now I'm like a massive fan of his and I just think he's he's amazing he's all about like he's like I just do what I feel and it's a bit wishy-washy to say but he had this thing like everything is something and just basically being like anything can be art and he does all these incredible those signs everything that's going to be all right I love those and he does lots of work with letters and how they look and how they should be presented um, and lots of work with refugees. He has this song called Border Control, which is really great. He's just, I don't know. I, I, just, I just think he's kind of chaotic and mad and everything I hate, but then love about yeah. the, I just thought it was kind of contemporary bullshit. And then, and then I really yeah. bought into it. I was like, this is, this is beyond bullshit. This is great. And so I'd say he's definitely someone that's made an impression on me. And he did the, you know, the stairs in Edinburgh that go down yes. to Waverley from like, do you know the coloured ones? Yeah, you know the, like ones each... Each step is a different marble. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did those. So that's him. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Um, he's great. He's got doing some really fun work in like South America at the moment or something. He's just a bit mad. He literally looks like the Mad Hatter, but, <laughs> but he's kind of fun. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. I love that sign that says everything's going to be all right. I, f- I feel like I always I always see it on a day when I'm like, oh, I needed that. Thank you. I know. <laughs> My next question is, what impression would you like your work to make on the world? Um, I, I've written in my notebook, feel something. Um, but I think, 
Oh, it's hard because as an artist, you know, you do have a platform and you can speak out. Da, 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 and obviously those things can be done if you have a platform really well. And so I'd like to think that if things did work out, I would definitely post my... I've written lots of songs about, you know, things that people often feel and don't like talking about. And, and I'd, I'd, I'd like to, those to be able to kind mm. of make people think, oh, it's okay that I'm feeling how I'm feeling. But ultimately, I think as a songwriter and as a musician, you want your music music to just evoke emotion and even if that is joy or sadness or happiness I just think to feel something and to like let yourself feel something is what I do or I'm such an emotional person and I think it's a really healthy thing though and a bit of escapism as well so it's the same time as feeling something I also want it to be like a an escapism and really bring a person to enjoy or hate or something you know have something to react to that isn't their day-to-day life um, which is what you hope to, uh, it's what I hope I, to be honest to bring I think yeah a, a human a human connection between between artists and listeners yeah you know like when you hear a song and you're like oh my god I want to listen to that again and it like that really got me or like I remember when I was heartbroken yeah. and I just I, I listened to Adele 25 on repeat and I I, I, I loved that like the, even though she's just these big cheesy bangers I remember just those songs speaking to me and I was like how does Adele know what I'm going through right now like she's speaking to me you know and just just those songs that you listen to and they really help you through moments I think are really special I know what you mean um my next question is, is there a piece of art that you would like everyone to encounter, either in a sense that it would help people understand something or make the world a better place or something that you think everyone could sort of find something in? I, when you said this, I was thinking, I was like thinking quite um, laterally, like, yes, what painting, what da, 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 should everyone see? But do you know what? I really think that every politician and every every person in I'm in like not in the maybe in the UK specifically should have watched Stormzy live at Glastonbury. I think that is a work of art. His performance and being there and the the artwork and the dance and everything that went into it and the messages behind the songs and I just I honestly it blo- I know that's not really art art but it 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 was an art form the whole performance oh no I, everything is <laughs> Martin art. Creed <laughs> everything is something um, <laughs> but it, it it just the four, I don't did you watch it did you see any bits of it like, I've seen clips of it but I of... haven't watched the whole thing and I now well it's I honestly it just it's so beautiful it it has Mm. like it had this ballet and it was it was a comment on like ballet shoes that have never been made to suit black people's skin color and then it had this incredible dance crew and then it just had um Banksy was wearing like Banksy Banksy had made him a um a like a vest like with a British flag but it was a stab proof vest and all it just everything about it to me was art and I remember being there and like crying when he was doing the speech and just being like yes this is so important and you know um I thought it was incredible and important and resonant and I think it would kind of make a lot of people think about race issues in the UK, which are a massive problem Mm. amongst many other issues. Um, It was just really resonant. And everyone in the audience, it was obviously, it was just kind of amazing. Yeah. It was using art to make it to, to provoke and make people think in one of its best examples, I think. Yeah. What a good answer. Excellent. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. Yeah, no, I like that. <laughs> um, and my final question is um, just broadly, do you have any recommendations of things you've been enjoying, sort of reading, watching, listening to recently that you would like to share with listeners? 
Yes, I have a recommendation. I don't know if it's still on, besides from binging Bridgerton and, you know, loving that and feeling really guilty about it, is um, I watched an online play from the Bush Theatre. My friends got me tickets for my birthday to watch this play called Overflow. I don't know if you'd heard of it. And it's basically, it's um, stars, it's a trans actor and she is in the toilet for an hour and a half and just delivers a monologue all by herself for an hour and a half and it's sat in a club toilet mm-hmm. And it is it's a bit loosely based on the idea that um, it's hard to pee in peace has become like a political uh, trans issue mm. and that cis and trans women united by the violence that they face by men. And it's just like this beautiful monologue about about all of these issues in a toilet. And I just thought it was so incredible and the actor like held my interest the whole time and it's quite a long time to be chatting and it was just really effective and beautiful and stuff that I hadn't really thought about before Mm -hmm. and like a really simple piece of theatre that was done really really well and mental that they did the rehearsals over zoom which is crazy like they didn't even it was like a socially distant. She was performing on stage and I was watching from my lounge, but all the rehearsals were done over Zoom. It was by Travis Alabanza. Oh, Travis yes. Alabanza. Yeah. I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's... Yeah. And and the main actress was just incredible. Um, oh, it was just great. I'd really recommend it. It might still be on because I only watched it a couple of weeks ago um, and it's cheap as well. So, you know. Brilliant. If you're looking for some entertainment, I'd yeah, recommend no. that. <laughs> that's a great recommendation. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You can watch it, watch it on the weekend or yeah, something. Definitely. Overflow. Overflow by That's Travis Alabama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And finally, do you have an idea of what you want this episode to be called? Oh, gosh. Ah, I remember when you asked me that and I was thinking of really wanky things like working with restriction. <laughs> um, I always want to just call it Watch Stormzy. Um, <laughs> good. <laughs> Watch Dom's ear glasses. Uh, maybe, maybe let's call it everything's going to be all right. I think that, I love that. Okay, that's quite everything's nice. going to be all right. It's quite nice. A little bit yeah. wanky, but not too bad. You know. <laughs> no, I think that's nice because it um, will be one day. Oh. One day we'll look back on the pandemic. It will come on. With yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, oh lovely to chat to you. Lovely to speak to you. Yeah, speak to you soon. Bye, bye, bye.